Welcome to another episode of Voice of Digital. Today's guest is Ellie Jean, who is a defender for Gotham FC. So thank you so much, Ellie, for joining. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. And we're just going to jump right in. When did you first start playing soccer and how did that come about? Yeah, um, I first started playing soccer maybe around seven, six, seven years old. Um, And I've kind of been around soccer my whole life. My mom works at UConn and she used to work with uh, college athletes. So we would always be at the UConn soccer games when I was younger. Um, And my stepdad was actually a coach for the men's team at UConn. So I've always been around it. Um, But yeah, I think we just had these flyers in the mail um, regarding like just uh, like local little kid tryouts for soccer, you know? And then I went and I ended up loving it. So that's kind of where I guess my career started. And were you good right from the jump, like right when you started about seven years old or did it take some time? No, I was terrible. Um, I, I, I used to be called the cheetah girl because I was super fast. So um, that was kind of all I used to do. I used to just kick the ball in. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, yeah, I didn't really like probably. So I played locally until um about 14 years old and then my parents were like okay like do you actually want to try to go somewhere with this or are you just having fun with it um because I wasn't necessarily like on the best club team in Connecticut or anything like that so they were like we think that you should try out for this different club team that could really help you if you're thinking about playing college soccer or whatever because I didn't I don't know I'm not thinking about that I'm 13 14 years old at the time yeah um, so I end up going to try out for this new club team um Oakwood Soccer Club in Connecticut uh I made the team but like was the worst player on the team like no technical skills just speed like as usual when you're just a little kid um but yeah so from that point I was like okay I guess I should try to like put more effort in um but I don't know I didn't really know that there were like youth nationals teams or I don't know I just my head wasn't there at the moment um but then after being on the club team and uh getting better and just you know learning from my teammates at the time uh then I was able to get called into like the little scouting events that they had in Connecticut and then eventually I was with the youth system so I don't know. It was pretty unconventional. Like I didn't, it was never really a goal of mine. So it kind of like, I just happened upon it. And then once I was kind of in the youth national team system, like that's really encouraging. Right. So then I was just like, okay, well, I guess I'm good. And then I was like, okay, I guess I'll continue to try to get better and see where this takes me. And yeah, it's been a really exciting journey, but I wouldn't say that like at six or seven years old, I was like, I want to be on the national team. I want to play college soccer. That wasn't really where my head was at, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, which is definitely unique because I feel like a lot of people, you know, you hear them say from like 10 years old, they're like, I'm going to be on the national team. I want to play in a World Cup. I want to play pro. So definitely unique that it kind of just happened for you. Yeah. What were you shocked when, you know, youth U.S. soccer got in touch with you? Yes. I mean, it was like my first year with Oakwood and they were the best club in Connecticut. So I was really struggling. I mean, just coming from having fun to then it was kind of more of like a, oh, this is, you know, a team where we're trying to win the state championship or everything like that. So like that was really different. Um, But yeah, I, my first few months, I would like go home crying every day to my mom, you know, the classic, I don't want to be here. I didn't have any friends yet. You know, like it's just a new experience, something I wasn't used to. But yeah, I distinctly remember like going home a lot of the time crying. My coach at the time, Matt Cameron, would just read me out like every training, uh, just in terms of like my technique or like, I'm just, yeah, I just wasn't really good enough as as much as the other girls were. So I remember I would literally go home every day and just touch the ball like as much as I could before training because I just didn't want to get screamed at. I was like, I don't want to get screamed at today. And then luckily, like those extra touches actually, you know, helped me get better, which at the time, I don't know, you don't really know about 
like individual work on your own yep. or like was that like I had never really been taught that yet so um I actually did start to see progress when I was getting those touches in on my own to then it translating to practice and then yeah I was like whoa like I can pass a ball now whoa <laughs> like look so I don't know that was pretty cool and then yeah I mean I think when you see the progress of like you putting in the effort and then getting the results is also like really encouraging um and then yeah I think I was also really lucky with kind of the attributes that I have just speed and athleticism and I think that caught the eye of uh some of the scouts and then yeah that kind of took off too so really exciting but again not something that I was like had planned it really just happened all from like not wanting to get screamed at at training every day um but yeah also no I, like I loved it um but yeah it wasn't I didn't like set out these goals a little bit they kind of just happened for me which is also really exciting yeah not getting screamed at good motivation there but I think it just shows that you know when your parents or coaches are like oh you should get extra touches in the backyard a lot of times kids are like no but it really does Obviously, yeah. you're a good example. It does help to actually go out there and do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I remember I would just, like, after school, I'd come home, and I would just juggle. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I could barely get any juggles initially. And then, I don't know, once you do it every day for a couple of months, like, you'd be surprised about how good your touch gets, how, you know, how much better you can get just in a little frame, like, framework amount of time. So, yeah, yeah it was really exciting to see for me. And then at what point did you think, you wanted to play in college or how did, was that something you had started thinking about in the beginning of high school or kind of towards the end? Um, so I, yeah, I hadn't really thought about it until my parents came to me and were like, hey, like, what do you want to do? Um, so yeah, I think ever since then being in with like the youth national team and all of that, I was like, okay, like I'm actually pretty good. Like and of course they do a great job about keeping you encouraged and, you know, wanting you to keep growing and get and getting to the next level and continuing to, you know, um, get better in that sense. So yeah, I guess after like my first year at Oakwood, I was like, okay, like this is something I want to pursue. Um, and then, yeah, from there I was in with the national team and at least they didn't recruit when I was a freshman. So, I mean, my sophomore year they began recruiting, but um at least when I was a freshman I had a second to be like okay is this something I actually want to do and I'm I'm lucky that and I'm glad that it was um but yeah I didn't play high school soccer so I actually ran cross country for my high school um just because I like I love to run and it was something different to do um and then at the same time I would train with the boys because you can't do like two sports at once. So you can't yeah. like do high school soccer and then do like club soccer. So um, yeah, after cross country, I would just get in my car and then I'll go on my way to training with the guys. So that was also really helpful because they're just so much more m bigger and stronger and faster. So you have to be kind of like twice as fast in learning and that stuff. So that was super helpful for me. Yeah, and um, do you think for cross country, has that helped you all or I know a lot of times some people only play you know one sport from the age they're like four until they're done so do you recommend people you know trying out different sports and playing multiple sports yeah um I don't know I do I think that like I made so many different like types of friends in cross country you know that I probably wouldn't have made um but yeah, I really like to run. Like it's one of like my attributes that I can also bring to soccer. Um, but yeah, just something different. I think maybe sometimes when we're too focused on, you know, one thing or one sport, like that can always be too much at some point. So it was nice to kind of balance it out with doing something different. And like, I certainly didn't, you know, get too washed out with soccer because I knew I was going to cross country, you know? So yeah. it was kind of a nice balance. So I certainly encourage everyone to, you know, try a few things and see what you like best. Like I, I knew I wasn't ever going to end up becoming a cross country runner. Like I didn't <laughs> love it as, as I did soccer. Um, but yeah, it was just something different to do. And then it was a great way that I could still represent my high school, which I really liked because I wanted to stay involved with that a little bit. Um, so yeah, that was great. So you did both, you did that in high school and then you end up going to Penn State for college. How, just talk about the decision of Penn State. 
yeah, a huge um, university. Yeah. So I come from a super small farm town. Um, nothing really ever happens there. So, and I only went to high school with like, I think there were 500 kids, kids in my entire school. Yeah. So like, I think we had, a, I had a graduating class of 99. So everybody knows everything about everyone, you know? So I was like, yeah. I want to get somewhere massive, like, you know, just somewhere where I can meet someone new every day, see a new face every day. Um, so I was kind of looking to go to a big school. And then, yeah, Penn State was really interested. I actually went there for my first college visit. Um, and I don't, I actually wasn't taken as at first with Penn State. So I, they were my first visit, but of course you want to see other universities. Like I wasn't going to commit off of that one trip. Um, but yeah, I mean, the coaching staff was amazing. The facilities were amazing. Uh, I got to meet with all the other girls and they were great. Um, but yeah, I went to a few other colleges um, and then ended up going back to Penn State. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I think this is where I want to go. Um, but at that point, what I was only a sophomore in high school. So they would ask me like, oh, what are you interested in majoring in? And what? And I was like, I have no idea. But at Penn State, there were just so many things that I could choose. So I was like, well, this is a huge university that I'm looking for with so many different options that I could take in terms of majors or things that I would be interested in. So that was also really exciting. Um, but yeah, obviously I didn't know, I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. So, uh, at that point I was just choosing kind of like a gut feeling. Like I was like, okay, I feel most safe and most welcomed and most excited when I step on this campus. So I guess I'll choose that. And then I guess it's kind of like, you're, you're taking a chance because you actually don't know what it's going to be like when you turn 18 and then you're going to that school. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm really glad that I chose that university. And yeah, I really had a great time there. Yeah, definitely good choice of school there. And like you said, you know, no one knows you know, what you want to do when you're 15 right. years old. I mean, people go to college and change their major three yeah. times, you know, so you never actually know. So what did you end up majoring in? So I, funny, so I, um, I started out as undecided and then I was like, okay, I want to do like dietitian, nutrition, science type. But then I was like, okay, no, because I'm not like the science-y chemical, yeah. like I can't, I couldn't do that. So I was like, let's just stop while I'm ahead. What else am I interested in? So I ended up becoming a communications major, um, like in uh, public relations. I really liked that side of like campaign building and writing, um, kind of that like hands-on type of um, idea. So I ended up graduating with a PR degree and I did a minor in women's studies. So that was really fun for me. Cool, and I agree with science. I did biology major for a semester and then I was like, mm, mm -mm. next, yep, let's yeah. move on. That's not gonna work for me. Like, so if, you, if, you don't, if you don't have that like sciencey brain like it woo. does yeah it's just gonna get worse as you go so I was like let's just cut the loss now and yeah exactly keep it moving um so you graduate and then you decide to go overseas to play did you consider the NWSL at first or were you like let's just you know go overseas and experience that yeah so um I had a fifth year, so I stayed an extra semester. Um, and then I was able to get my master's, so that was really awesome. Yeah, but I think I was kind of just at the point where I was trying to find like my joy back for playing. I had lost mm -hmm. that a little bit. I don't know, it kind of becomes like a job. You know, colleges, at least Penn State, it's really challenging um, in terms of, you know, the soccer program. I loved it and it was great. It, I grew a ton from it, but yeah, it's, it's a challenging environment. You're with the best, like most of the best players in the country consistently. Um, so yeah, I think I had lost my joy a little bit and I was just like, oh, I just, I want to continue playing of course, but I was like, where can I go that I just like try to enjoy myself and I don't know. Yeah. See something different. And yeah, of course I, I was thinking about going into the NWSL, but um, I was kind of like, I have no reason, like, to no reason to stay here. I was super interested in kind of experiencing a different culture, venturing out on my own to a different, 
country. Like I thought that was really exciting. I could do all this travel. I'm going to meet so many different people. And yeah, I guess there was no reason like why I wanted to stay in the States. Um, so that was kind of initially, you know, my reasoning of going overseas and then just learning a different type of soccer. Um, cause they play very different overseas. It's a lot more technical. It's a lot more like thought processing. So I definitely wanted to explore that. Um, and yeah, and then I ended up, I was in Denmark for, uh, the beginning of 2020 and then COVID hit. So I ended up going back home. Like everything was pretty much shut down. Yeah. And then I was at home for four or five months. And then I ended up signing with PSV. So that was super exciting. Yeah. And then, um, around June or July, I ended up going to the Netherlands. Uh, so that was really exciting for me. Yeah. And I'm, if I'm not mistaken, you played in a few championship or champions league games as well. What, obviously that's rapidly growing on the women's side. What was that experience like? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, that was one of the whole reasons I wanted to go and play at PSV because yeah. I knew they were champions league contenders. Um, so yeah, we played Barcelona, um, which was unbelievable. Yeah. We played Barcelona it, we had like two legs with them so mm -hmm. they came to us first in the Netherlands and obviously we're like what are they gonna be like like we know that we're not you know gonna really yeah. contend with this type of team I mean they're winning it so um yeah but it was super it was amazing I mean you're really playing against some of the best players in the world um yeah. and yeah just getting that experience was so fun um and yeah, just seeing how those players operate, seeing how the team was operating. I mean, they were like three steps ahead of all of us every second of the game. So it was just, it was almost like you were kind of being a spectator as you were like playing in the game. Yeah. Um, but then we ended up going to Barcelona and we didn't play at Camp Nou, but we played at the Johan Cruyff uh, mm -hmm. player stadium and it was still amazing. Um, they had great fans. The field was like immaculate um and yeah it was just a great experience and then the next year we had played a Russian team and then we played Arsenal and Arsenal was and the Russian team was great and but Arsenal was obviously yeah a spectacular team as well so I don't know I just think that experience was really awesome for me to see kind of the level that I want to get to mm -hmm. um and also yeah to just get that experience and play against some of the best players in the world yeah I mean obviously PSV is a major club but playing like the, one of the top ones, Netherlands, but playing Barcelona, Barcelona and Arsenal is just obviously Barcelona is ridiculous. Um, when you watch their games, it doesn't. Some of the things they do, I'm like, that doesn't even make doesn't sense. Make sense. But, yeah, but they, they passing the ball and like <laughs> it was just crazy how they would pass the ball into space and like no one would be there, but then their teammate would get the, like they already knew that their teammate yeah. was going to get there, so they would just pass it, and it was just like. Yeah, it was awesome to see. Like, they play such a favorable type of football. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it was just really exciting to watch. And then play against, yeah. Yeah, they're definitely, all of them, amazing. So that's, you know, obviously a really cool experience. And I think something a lot of people are hoping to get now. You see tons of people coming straight out of college, going over, you know, to Europe. And they say it's because they want to play, you know, in the Champions League. Is anything... Yeah, as we've seen, anything can happen. So you never know. You might go on a run or just, like you said, get the experience of playing. Exactly. You know, these major clubs and, you know, see what that's all about. Yeah. Obviously, you end up coming back to America. What kind of came the? what was the decision? Just were you just ready to come home or what went into that? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was overseas for almost two years and I was also there during COVID. So like that kind of took a toll a little bit. I didn't see my family for, I, I don't know, I want to say, yeah, almost like eight months or something like that, that I've never seen it. Like it was a long time. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I don't know. You have this idea of what it's going to be like going overseas and you can travel everywhere. Everything's so much closer. And yeah, it really wasn't like that because of COVID, <laughs> everything was shut down. I mean, COVID in Europe, like their restrictions were crazy. I mean, you could literally only leave your house to go to the grocery store. Like you couldn't do anything for like, I want to say eight months, like oh, when wow. were really bad. Yeah. So I don't know. That was not necessarily the experience that I was 
hoping for. But yeah, I did end up getting to do a lot of travel. I went to Venice. I went to Berlin. I went to England. My favorite team is Liverpool. So I went to one of their matches, which was awesome. Cool. Um, where else did I go? And then, of course, we traveled a bit with, you know, Champions League. So yeah. we went to Russia and we went to Barcelona. So it was really awesome getting to do that type of travel. But yeah, I think I was just ready to kind of come back to the NWSL. Um, I really had found my joy again for it. And it was a time where I was like, okay, I'm playing for me. Or I feel like in the past, it wasn't always like that. Oh, I'm playing to get on the national team or I'm playing for this or that. But I don't know. I feel like in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm playing for me and to, and to just let myself have fun and, and to see where that takes me. So um, yeah, I was really excited. Uh, just to come back in the NWSL and of course I want to try to get back in with the national team so this is obviously the best place to be for that mm -hmm. um, and yeah I wanted to be closer to my family it was really nice that I ended up at Gotham because that's the closest I can be yeah um, so that was great uh, but yeah I think I just wanted I was done with the overseas adventure uh, and just wanted to come back and be in a country where I knew the language <laughs> um, and yeah everything was back and familiar to me. Yeah, did yeah, eight months without seeing your family is obviously a super long time. And like you said, if you couldn't really do anything in Europe, it's definitely not the best experience. Did you yeah. learn any Dutch or <laughs> not really? I learned a little bit of Dutch. Um, it's just such a different language. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't necessarily trying to learn it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, just by being there in association, I learned a little bit. But no, the girls were, like, I made so many great friends there. The team that I was with was awesome. The girls were great. Uh, uh, and we had a decent amount of internationals, which is also great. So we were talking a bunch in English. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Just little things like being in the locker room and someone makes a joke, but then you don't know the language. So then you're like, wait, what What? It, what was it? What'd she say? And then yeah. by that time when you want to laugh, like, it already passed. So you're kind of a few, like, a few steps behind, but... Yeah, I mean, I had such a wonderful experience and I made I made so many friends that, you know, I still keep in touch with today. I'm trying to see if I should go over in the off season, but yeah, we'll see. So that was great, but yeah, it, it was definitely time to come back. Yeah, I think you should go over. I think I'm going to Europe next month. So I'm like, any chance to go to Europe? I feel like people should yeah. take it. definitely, you know, really fun over there just to be able to, you know, tour around. But yeah. you end up back, so you're at Gotham. Obviously, not the year you guys would have hoped for, but you, but you personally, you did get a lot of minutes. So, what were you able to learn in your first year in the NWSL? Yeah, um, loaded question. Um, honestly, I think it's one of the best leagues in the world, if not the best league in the world, just because there's so much competition with every team. Um, like you really don't know, you could be winning yeah. one game and then losing like really. So I don't know. I just love how competitive it is. Um, but also, yeah, within our like team individually, we just had a great like atmosphere. I mean, I came in and I was like, I'm curious about how the girls are going to treat me. Like, is everyone going to be nice? Da -da -da -da. Um, and I came in and we had like, everybody was so welcoming and encouraging and nice. And it really allowed me to feel comfortable and that I could kind of do my best and show what I've got. So that was super helpful. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing that I've learned throughout this year, um, like you do, you definitely have to show up every day and like give everything you have every day. Even like, I understand that my 100 isn't going to be the same every day. Yeah. But I still have to show up and, like, give my all um, regardless. So that's something that I learned just because everybody brings it. Um, <laughs> so if you're not bringing it, then you're, you're kind of going to fall off. Um, so, yeah, that was great. But also, like, you should be bringing your 100% every day. So it was, it was, it, it's a great environment in terms of just keeping you honest um, and helping you get better in that way. Um, and then let's see, what else did I learn? Um, I don't know. I think just that you really don't know how the season can go. <laughs> um, but like, regardless of, you know, all the ups and downs that we had this season, um, 
that you can still learn so much and you can still get better, you know, regardless of the situation that you're in. Um, and I think as a team, we really tried to embrace that as much as we could. Um, and every game you can learn from something. And I think we really tried to do that this past year. Um, you know, regardless at some point if we knew we weren't going to the playoffs or something like that, we were still, we were still watching film. We were still trying to get better. We're still in training, trying to compete with each other and challenge each other. So I don't know. I think that's super important, but yeah, definitely not the way we wanted to end this season. And I think some of it, you guys got a little unlucky with, you know, something that's not like you guys are out there looking awful. I think, you know, just ball bounces wrong way, things like that. Yeah. happen so hopefully you know next year we'll go a little smoother for you guys but I know in some other interviews you've done you kind of talked about the diversity at Gotham how has that you know you said every all the girls are nice you kind of fit right in how has that been for you to be on a more diverse team than you you know have in the past yeah this is definitely the first team that I've been on where like most of the girls are diverse which is awesome. Like usually I'm the only black girl on the team, especially like growing up, you know? So um, it was super awesome and super encouraging coming to the team where, you know, I just had so many like black friends and like mm-hmm. black girls that I could ask questions and stuff like that. Cause I mean, I'm on a journey where I'm still trying to figure out how I best fit into my identity as a mixed individual and, how I can best embrace that. And the girls have been so helpful. Like I, yeah, I know I've talked a bunch, but I have gotten like braids before, but I never really thought I could get braids before. I don't know. I was like, I don't think I can pull that off. Like, I don't think I'm black enough for the braids or, but then some of the girls on the team are like, you have to get them. Like you would look so good. So then I was like, okay, like I never even thought about it before, but now I don't know. These girls are encouraging me. Um, so I got them and I was like, oh my God, this is so fun. Like, I wish I knew this before, you know, but I, I grew up in, I grew up with my mom mainly and she's white. So I really have grown up white if I can. Yeah. If I can say that, I mean, most of my family that I've been around is white. So I haven't really explored that black side, that black culture as much, but being in this team, it's really helped me to embrace that side and learn more about myself in that way. And, you know, realize that, like I am black where sometimes I feel like I don't see myself that way. Um, So yeah, it's been super encouraging and eye-opening really for me, which is nice. Yeah, no, that's awesome that I think Gotham is one of the more diverse teams in the league, you know, which is really nice to see. And obviously great to hear that all the other, you know, girls have been able to help you out there and kind of get you more into the culture. So that's really awesome. Speaking of, Gotham so obviously well in my opinion best dressed team in the NWSL I don't think it's well Seattle's close but they're not they don't have you guys yet this was your first year doing the fits how do you think how do you think you did um yeah I did the carpet a little bit I didn't go I didn't I wasn't on the carpet every every home game but um yeah I don't know I think it's something that's super fun and exciting for us to do um it's a way that we can all kind of express ourselves. And I don't know, I feel like in a way it gives us, it makes us more professional because I don't know, you see all these other teams like the NBA and the WNBA and they're strolling in and they're always getting these pictures and stuff. And I feel like in a way we're trying to legitimize our league in that way. And, you know, show that we are two great professional athletes and that we deserve that type of treatment. So um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just a great way to kind of strut our stuff and, and show off. But yeah, I only participated a little bit, but like, I can't break my bank. Like these girls, their outfits, I'm like, I can't compete sometimes like Mandy and Estelle, like, I'm just like you guys every week, it's a different thing, you know, but not that like we're trying to compete or anything, but they just are always bringing it. So they really, the two of them really yeah so it's like I know if I don't have a good outfit like I'm not even gonna go on the carpet because I'm like only great outfits are allowed on the carpet yeah um, but yeah hopefully I can continue to up my ante for next season <laughs> we'll see. be on the lookout yeah you don't want to go you don't want to be in the real if it's not 
if it's not top tier. Yeah, because they, yeah, the two of them, I mean, they outshine everyone in the NWSL. Yeah. It's, it's not fair. No. Yeah, there some of Mandy, especially, yeah. I know Mandy goes thrift shopping a lot, and I'm like, how do you even, how do you even come up with that? that from thrift shopping? Yeah. That's mind blowing. Yeah, I mean, she just has that brain for it. Like, she, I think she also makes a ton of her own clothes. So yeah, which is really cool. Like, the fashion icon, you know? But, yeah, I feel like she goes thrifting and, like, can put things together. But, like, if I go thrifting, I'm getting, like, not that. Like, yeah. it would just be, like, a shirt, you know? <laughs> but, like, she's like, oh, this and this and this. So, I don't know. Yeah, I guess her brain just works like that. But, yeah, she's awesome. She's super cool. Yeah, she definitely has an eye for it. I, on the other hand, would... Exactly. be going to games and running shorts and a t-shirt so yeah. <laughs> don't don't have that eye so moving away from soccer a little bit one thing that you're passionate about is mental health for athletes and I think a lot of times people forget that athletes are also human and they think that they're just you know these robots that don't have emotion or no personal life outside of soccer how did it kind of when did you start getting into being an advocate for mental health for athletes yeah so I wanted to become a mental health advocate just because I've had my like been through my own mental health journeys um but yeah I mean I've been in situations where my mental health has been so terrible and I never want to go back to that point and I also want to advocate for others who have also been through the same thing because I didn't really know that other people went through that or didn't know that that was possible. And then all of a sudden I'm in this space and I'm looking for help and I'm looking for support and I don't have it. But then all of a sudden I realize how many other, especially athletes are going through similar things and have gone through similar things or will be going through similar things and like, don't really know that it's normal or how to handle it. Um, so I don't know. I really, like ever since going through that, I really just want to make an emphasis on that. Like it's normal. It really does happen to mostly everybody at some point. Yeah. Um, and just like that, it's so important to take care of your mental health as much as it is your physical health. Um, I don't know. I remember talking with someone else and they were like, well, you work out to stay fit, right? Like you go on runs and you eat properly and X, Y, Z to stay fit. Um, and then like mental health, mental training for your brain is like fitness for your brain in that sense and then like once I heard that I was like okay wow like I need to focus a little bit more on my mental health um so yeah I've kind of just you know wanted to talk about that at any chance I got because I just think it's so important and it's still there's so much so much stigma around it and I don't know why because like everyone goes through something and it's just so helpful when you know that other people have gone through or experienced what you have or how you feel. Um, I don't know. I think it just brings us together and it, it, it allows us to overcome so much more when we know that other people, you know, kind of know what we're going through or want to help us get through that. So yeah, I just think it's super important. Um, so I meet with a sports psych every week. Um, and he's awesome. His name is Stu Singer. Um, And he's actually gotten me really into meditation and like a mindfulness practice, which I haven't really done before. It's almost like when you know you want to start meditating, but you like never end up doing it because you're like, oh, I don't think it's the right way or, oh, I don't think it's correct. But yeah, I've been doing it now since January. So like eight, eight months, seven months. Um, And it's been like super eye-opening just in terms of I don't know, just being so much more aware of how I'm feeling, how I can handle my emotions. I mean, how many different things do we feel like in a soccer game when we're playing? Like, it's just like a roller coaster of emotions and how I can best like regulate that or whether I'm playing or not playing and how I'm talking to myself. Am I, you know, encouraging myself and being kind to myself or am I being mean to myself and being like my biggest enemy, (laughs) especially like in the athletic realm and like, and field, it's so easy to like, become this sort of robot and become like this almost like an enemy to yourself in terms of if you're not you know if you're not succeeding how you thought you were going to succeed or if you lose a match I don't know how you're just responding to those types of adversity and I don't know there's just like so much that goes into like mental health especially for athletes so I think it's just super important to focus on it and to shed light on it and continue to 
continue to talk about it so that everyone knows that it really is a big deal and a big issue um, and a big topic that should be talked about normally. Yeah, and I agree with you how you say like everyone at some point deals with mental health and I feel like, yeah, just nobody wants to talk about it because they think it's a weakness or whatever. And I feel like especially with athletes because, you know, from the outside, they're kind of put on this pedestal. So they don't want to be like, oh, I'm actually, you know, really struggling. So it's, you know, super cool to hear you be open about it and talk about it and know that you go to a psychologist because I think that's another thing is everyone thinks therapy or you know something like that is shows weakness but in reality you know it's super important to learn how to deal with those emotions yeah I mean even in the athletic realm it's you don't really show weakness you don't really show when you're hurting you don't it's always a very competitive and high-strung environment who's the best how are you the best and I think that also yeah, can be detrimental in terms of how you then focus on yourself and how that ends up like combining with mental health and it can actually be really detrimental. Um, Just because, I don't know, as athletes, you're not really, you can't show weakness. Your arms aren't supposed to be on your knee. Like like all of that type of stuff that can then end up turning into a really bad, you know, cycle. So yeah, I just think it's super important. And I don't know, in my opinion, like, if you're struggling and you need help and you ask for that, I think that's like one of the most brave things that you can do because yeah. I don't know, that's when you're like your most vulnerable and when you're really reaching out and asking for help. And I don't know, I think vulnerability is the most brave thing that you can be and letting people know that there's something wrong or something like that. And I think that should really be embraced. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. And then one thing I want to get your opinion on is do you think for athletes social media makes it worse because I feel like even if you're not tagging the athlete in your tweet and like all you have to do is search the person's name you know and you'll see it Mm -hmm. come up so do you think that plays a part in mental health for athletes yeah I mean I definitely do I mean even after games like I'll go on Twitter and like look and see what people are saying and then I've tried to like catch myself doing that and I'm like okay like most of these people honestly don't have any idea what they're talking about. They don't know anything like behind the scenes, but I don't know. Still, you can go on Twitter and you can see all the negativity that people are putting up there or even the positivity. And I don't know, it still makes like a distorted view of really reality. So I don't know. I think it's super important for especially athletes or anybody kind of in the spotlight at times where other people will have an opinion um, that you take it like with a grain of salt and yeah. you don't take it seriously because I know I'll go on social and then I don't know I've caught myself like texting my mom being like why is this person on social like saying something like that but then my mom is like they have no idea what they're talking about and I'm like okay you're right like they have no idea yeah. but still like it's human nature to like want to be liked and want you know everyone to talk positively about you or the team so when that's not happening yeah it can be an issue but I certainly do think um, that it doesn't help anybody's mental health yeah um, and yeah should certainly be something that like you can control yourself in terms of either not going on or I know Sophia Smith had ended up having a tweet that was like we can see what you guys are saying and like we're yeah. still human so like please be conscious of that and yeah I think it's really important I think especially when you see athletes like on a field it somehow like makes us not human or yeah. something like that so I don't know just everyone reminding themselves that like we still are human and like have lives like if you saw us in the street like you wouldn't say something like that that you're saying on Twitter you know what I mean so yeah I just think that's super important um but also yeah restricting yourself like I try not to go on Twitter now after games or like stuff like that just because there's so much so yeah I think it's like twofold where you go on and you look at it or you go on where you don't look at it or you go on and look at it, but don't really take it seriously. You know, like there's so many ways to handle it. It's just figuring out like what works best for you. Yeah. Twitter is definitely brutal sometimes. And like Sophia Smith said, I think people like truly think, Oh no, they're never going to see this. But I'm like, it's really not that hard to find. Yeah. Like it's pretty easy. So I, yeah, I just think people, you know, like we've been saying, forget the athletes are human are going to have emotions and they can still see it. And I think, you know, Twitter could probably do a better job in some of those situations, but 
definitely something that is just sad people and like you said most of their takes aren't even wrong yeah they don't even yeah know what they're talking about so yeah twitter definitely sometimes is super brutal um and then another thing that you're also passionate about is gender and racial equality obviously both of those things still have a lot of work to do um but where have you have you seen growth whether it's in soccer or outside and either you know of those spaces yeah I feel like especially being back in the NWSL um with them saying like we're one of the best leagues in the world I have been it's been super interesting coming back and seeing really how like how lack of professional like it is in terms of like gender then we're saying so like we're trying to be one of the best leagues in the world and all of that but like when we don't have the resources as like female athletes it's it's super difficult and we're still trying to get you know we're still trying to get validation that we're professional athletes we're still trying to get being taken seriously in xyz and i just think that's so important i mean this year our salary cap i think our salary minimum is 35,000 like that's absolutely absurd for professional yeah. athletes like you would never hear of like male professional athletes making that little you know so it's just mm-hmm. like just something that I think most of the players in the NWSL talk about and want to see change because like you can't live like most people can't live off of $35,000 you know like and of course there's a lot of other resources where teens can pay for your housing and xyz but still like if we're trying to be one of the best leagues in the world and taken seriously like you have to pay us more um and I don't know give us that validation um because we're working just as hard as any other professional athlete you know what I mean so um yeah I think that's just something that we're all trying to continue to harp on and continue to see um get better over time and then yeah gender uh racial equality is something that I'm also a big advocate for obviously because I'm black (laughs) um but I'm actually really grateful to be in the environment that I'm at because it's so celebrated um and we really are at Gotham we really do represent like New York and New Jersey which I think is awesome and we can just bring you know, that voice to the NWSL and bring that voice to the world about um, all the change that we want to see and everything. So yeah, I just think that on so many levels, so many things can be better. Um, But it also takes time, like you can't like snap your fingers and things like that. So uh, a lot of us in the NWSL are really harping and trying to get things to change and to try and to try to make this league that much more professional for and accepting of everybody yeah and I think like you said Gotham's super diverse and I think you guys actually do a really good job of celebrating all the different heritage months like some teams I don't want to say you don't see anything but like but you don't see anything yeah but you don't see anything and yeah so I think that's something that Gotham has done super well and it's really nice to see and that other clubs could learn from because I feel like you know, obviously some fans aren't tuned into that. And even though it's not the team's responsibility to tune them in, it will at least bring some awareness of like, oh, okay, there's a lot of different, you know, backgrounds. Obviously it's, uh, especially in America, mainly you see white, you know, girls growing up playing. So I feel like yeah, it's really important to show all the players on all the teams. Um, Hopefully next year, more teams will, you know, do better about the Heritage Month and things like that. And then going back to the Gender, yeah, the pay, like how you said, you know, want to be one of the best leagues in the world. I feel like if the NWSL wants to attract top talent, they have to be able to pay them. Like some of the things they're getting paid, you know, at Chelsea or Arsenal or Barcelona, they're not going to come here because they're going to be taking a massive pay cut there. So I feel like that definitely has to, you know, improve. And like you said, in a men's sport, I mean, they can sit the bench for the whole year and they're making like, 500,000 to never see the court or the field which is mind-blowing so I feel like I definitely agree there that that has to change if we want to continue to try and be the best league in the world yeah 
we'll see. Hopefully we continue to make strides and like so many strides have been made, mm-hmm. but there's still so many that we have to yeah. go. So no, I definitely agree. It's getting there year by year, but hopefully, you know, we'll see if anything changes for next year. And I feel like ownership groups are becoming more of a thing with you know, celebrities and things like that. So hopefully that will, I mean, obviously just guys just got Eli, who is, that's, you know, massive. Um, Then you look at Angel City and they obviously have a fantastic ownership group. So hopefully if all clubs can start to do that, we'll see some changes. Exactly. And then we're going to move into some rapid fire really quick. Nice. So first one, what would your superpower be? Um my superpower be? I think it would be really cool to know all the languages. Oh yeah, that would be very, very helpful. I guess. Because yeah. I really, I, I don't know. I've been trying to speak, uh, teach myself Spanish for the last 15 years of my life. <laughs> um, so I guess, especially as I know how to speak Spanish, but I don't know how many more people could you be able to talk to or like yeah. movies could you watch and stuff like that if you kind of know all the languages, I don't know. I think that would be kind of fun. That would be cool. You could literally go anywhere in the world and. Right. And know what they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That would be cool. What is your favorite food? Oh, um, I love Mexican food. Good choice. Good plate of nachos, jalapenos, shredded chicken, guacamole, cream cheese. Like that does it for me. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good choice. Yeah. Um, who or what series would you recommend for people to watch on TV? Ooh. Um. Well, right now a bunch of us are watching um, the House of Dragon. Mm-hmm. I we really like it. Um, so I don't know. I guess if you've seen Game of Thrones and you want to watch House of Dragon, that's a good one. And you know when like prequels or sequels are never as good as like the original and then you're like you don't even want to watch it this one actually is really good like they've done a really good job with it um so that I would recommend um what else I really love Handmaid's Tale it's pretty dreary but that is like speaks a lot on like women's rights Mm -hmm. and gender equality again um and a lot of stuff that we're actually seeing kind of today in I don't know a lot a lot of areas really coincides with it so yeah those are probably like my top two shows those are good choices I haven't watched House of Dragons mainly because I didn't watch Game of Thrones but my family watches it and they yeah really enjoy it oh what would be your dream vacation oh anywhere with a beach yeah I love the beach just being like I could just I'm the person that goes to the beach and just lays out all day I don't have to do anything I don't need to, I don't need to be entertained. I could just lay out on the beach for eight hours, my headphones in, enjoy the waves. Um, So yeah, anywhere with great weather, um, maybe some margaritas (laughs) and water. And water, yeah. Throw a few waters in there. (laughs) No, good choice. I agree. I'm definitely a beach person and can, yeah, be out there all day. Yeah. Yeah, super relaxing. What is the best concert that you've ever been to? Ooh, I haven't been to many concerts. Um, I went to a Beyonce concert for her Lemonade tour and absolutely loved it. She's amazing. Like, she was out there for two hours the whole time. Like, she is just such an entertainer. She's, I mean, I love her, as you can probably tell. Um, <laughs> But, like, she's such an inspiration to me. I just love, like, everything she wears, her singing. She is so good live. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, she's just such, she's just such a presence. So, yeah, I guess her, obviously. I went to the same tour, and, yes, she live. It is so, I was at the end of the catwalk part. Oh, and wow. Just for one of her, I don't even remember what song it was, but the stage had water on it. And she's out there dancing, you know, with the water, kicking it everywhere. She yeah. definitely knows how, yeah, to put on a show. She was very good. And she, it was thundering and lightning and it was outside. So yeah. I was like, is this going to happen? Is this going to happen? 
and she paid the extra money to go past like the noise like you can't make noise after a certain oh time so she was like oh I'll take the fine so that you know she could put on the show still and I was like oh, thank you no yeah. I can't wait for her new tour yeah it's gonna be good yeah it's gonna be amazing she's definitely a good one um yeah. last one if you could pick the next NWSL expansion team what city are you putting it in I think Miami. I, before I came back to the NWSL, I was, um, every time the Inter Miami, is that what they're? Yeah. Yeah. Every time like they posted, I would like write under it when you're getting a women's team. Um, just because I think it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. Like, of course, David Beckham, like his whole thing down there, like that would be awesome. But yeah, I mean, I think it would be a great market. I think the weather certainly helps. It would be really hot, but yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to go to Miami? Um, Correct. uh, But yeah, I don't know. Maybe Miami. I don't know. I've heard the Bay is coming. What, what, where is that? California, right? Yeah, I think it's um, San Francisco, like in that area. Yeah. I I agree with Miami though. I think. Yeah, I think Miami would be, that would be cool. We'll try and get David Beckham on that. And then I think that would also bring international talent in as well. Because I feel like some people aren't going to come here unless it's to specific locations. Even us, like, I think that we're in a great spot. Yeah. Who doesn't want to be close to New York City? Yeah, exactly. I feel like if it's some random places, people might be like, "Mm." like, I live in Raleigh, so I can say this. you know, no one is like, oh, yeah, I really want to go live right in Raleigh. It's just, it's just exactly. not, exactly. Yep, it's not happening. So I feel like Miami's definitely a good choice. Yeah. So I'll let the commissioner know that we should get a team in Miami. Um, yeah. But that is all I have for you. So thank you so much for joining. It was great, you know, learning more about your career so far. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was lovely. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts and also make sure to follow us on social media at Loso Digital for more women's football content.